Anyone can have a gimme, but it really gets interesting when you go for two. The Go For Two podcast starting now. Welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. It is September 14th. We're in week two of the NFL and week three of the NCAA, depending on how you look at it. Because uh, you got Iowa State, who only played one game. <laughs> and now it's the game of the week with Iowa. <laughs> yeah. So we're in the midst of the games going on as we record this. But uh, this is everybody's favorite couch quarterback, Dante, here with the stats guru once again. Yes, I am here again in Middletown, Delaware for episode number seven. You believe it's seven already, Dante? Seven, man. And it's just going to keep getting more frequent every week. I'm excited. Every two weeks, we should expect one. And uh, we got some exciting news, guys. Yes, we do. Go ahead, Dante. You can start it off. So, our guy Randy out at Maroon Hornet Comics in Oxford, Pennsylvania, has decided to bring the podcast to his neck of the woods. That's right. He, he has been in this comic shop in Oxford for three years, and his business is just getting busier and busier. So, he is moving to a new location in October. He'll be at 19 South 3rd Street in Oxford. And he has invited us there for a live recording of our podcast. It's going to be exciting. Uh, this is the first time that I'm meeting Randy personally. We bought a bunch of comics from him. I'm a big comic book fan, as some people know personally. Uh, I tend to know my, my stuff a little bit. So uh, actually, that day that we do the podcast, he's running an exciting event as well. Yeah, this uh, is going to be on October 26th, folks. So we got a little bit of time. Yeah, October 26th. And then, you know, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., if you're in the area or if you want to travel up to, to meet us or, you know, more so show, show support to Randy and his shop, um, they actually do things the right way. <laughs> yeah. um, the, he's having a comic book, um, a Halloween comic fest that day. So everybody that walks through the door gets a free comic while supplies last. Absolutely. So we're looking forward to having a crowd of all ages uh, stand around while we're doing our podcast live. Uh, maybe coming up with questions, coming over to the table, wanting to know what's going on. Hey, I might uh, bring an extra microphone so we might have four. Yeah. Uh, and then shout out to Randy, man. Another Jaguars fan. <laughs> Man, this is crazy. Yeah, I do. I, I, I didn't know we had two. <laughs> I, I do feel bad for the man. He just bought himself in a Nick Foles jersey, and then Nick Foles gets hurt, and he's out for the year. Yeah. But Randy's a good guy. Uh, him and his wife, Lori, have a great shop up there. Known them for years. Good people. So stop on by, show support to them, come up, uh, visit us for the podcast. Yeah, like I said, show Randy's shop some support. Um, you know out there with the with the comics and you know especially if you're into superheroes go and go and buy a comic or two man his prices aren't bad um and i'm, I'm excited to to actually be out there and to see the to see the new shop hey it's my hometown man yeah it's don's <laughs> hometown guys it's don's hometown so a little little homecoming for don as we go back as well so just wanted to uh give a little shout out to randy we appreciate you know the support through you know the first six episodes and we you know we hope you continue to to support the podcast and you know hopefully we can both bring in new new buyers and new customers and new viewers to to the podcast as well absolutely so while we're there guys we might have a couple gifts to give out oh yeah so more details on that probably a little later. Absolutely. Got to um, show up to find out. Yep. We got to show up to find out. And also for our Facebook uh, viewers as well oh, and, yeah. and, and and likers and followers, we might have, you know, a couple gifts for you guys as well. So um, to kind of lead into things, not so abruptly, 
But like I said, we always got to shed the light oh on these knuckleheads. <laughs> Antonio Brown being one of them. And oh. I'm sure this is not, you know, not crazy news or, you know, to anybody anymore. But we got to talk about it, man. He is signed with the Patriots. Not that I didn't think that they weren't going to go back to the Super Bowl. But <laughs> you saw what he did with with randy moss oh that man i'm talking about is tom brady y'all saw what this man did it was <laughs> i don't crazy. think it's, it's tom brady alone i think it's the whole system up there I, I will give belichick some credit on that uh they do seem to take the problems and turn them into players yeah i mean productive players and nobody's signing a one-year contract for almost 15 million so right as much as people want to hate on the patriots and things like that they restructure contracts well. They have a good system. Anytime they do an interview, all of them are almost the same. They get the same robotic responses. <laughs> and that just tells you right there nobody's bigger than the team um, over there in New England. So but, kudos to them. But. Hey, but, hey, speaking of Antonio Brown and knuckleheads, you know, I have a whole new respect for Mike Tomlin. To put up with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, I think the man needs – Des- it deserves recognition. Nobel Have you ever seen Peace a shocked Prize? look he's always yeah. had since Nobel he's been with Peace the team? Prize something <laughs> to be able to keep those two jokers in check as long as he did. <laughs> they need to have a trophy just for him. <laughs> or just for the person that has to deal with Antonio Brown. Almost like the Heisman. <laughs> what coach can put up with the most? Hey, I tell you what, though. I will give kudos, and I've given kudos on, on our site to Mike Mayock for not putting up with that stuff out in Oakland. Dude, this is why I was such a big fan of his. So he's putting his, you know, his money where his mouth is, man. Right. We told you guys, it's, it's something about Mike Mayock that we, we like. The way that he he knows about the players, the way that he loves football, the way that he just was a great analyst, you know, in general. And we thought that he would always be a good, a good uh, GM somewhere. So... I mean, with that being said, for him not to put up with the bull crap that Antonio Brown was coming with and nipping it in the bud and pretty much saying you're not bigger than the team regardless of where you go. I mean, we're talking Antonio Brown here. This is the guy who comes to training camp in a hot air balloon, okay? Over <laughs> Helicopters. Yeah. And I mean, granted, he's done some stuff. I mean, there's so much stuff he's done to prove he is a knucklehead. But, I mean when he wasn't practicing because his feet were bothering him, he had a foot injury and then to find out it's because he was in the cryotherapy without the proper shoes. Yeah. I mean, come on knucklehead for sure. And we, we could go on and on about it, but for people to think that this is not something that was already pre-planned, you know, it's, it's kind of strange because we all know that the Steelers did not want to trade him away to an AFC rival and the Patriots, because yeah. they always think eventually we're going to... They played them the first week. Eventually, we're probably going to play them in the playoffs if we're good enough. Why Why give it up? Yeah. So, Antonio yeah. took the good route of going to the Raiders, but eventually ran to some roadblocks there. And I think he knew for, for some reason that he could probably manipulate his way to get there. I don't know, man. The Patriots showed interest in him originally. And you're right. The Steelers did not want him going to that kind of rival mm-hmm. and the, the interesting thing i guess for me is antonio said he wanted to win but then he went to the raiders yeah now, now yeah maybe in some time they'll they're going to win but that was the money contract he he has some guarantees there 
then he ends up back at the Patriots. Crazy. Are we gonna throw a conspiracy theory out there? I don't. I don't. Did, I don't did, think we need to get into this. Drew we have to bring Joe Rogan in. <laughs> did, did Drew Rosenhaus cook this whole thing up? I, I think <laughs> it, it'd be crazy not to think so. And if you if you think that that was going on, you're not too far off. Um, a lot of people were thinking that, and kudos to his, his agent man <laughs> that dude's a wizard <laughs> that's all i can say uh, we're not going to get too much to the sexual assault allegations i have my opinion on it that's just a, too much of a hot button and we you know we don't want to really give our opinions on that just think about this I, I i say it all the time after the second or third time an incident happens i'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah, and until something's proven not just said we can't go you know making strong allegations on it yeah i mean knucklehead status aside maybe it did happen but until we get some more proof on what happened we're going to leave it at that yep we'll leave it at that and for that being said let's just get right into um actually let's let's talk about what we want to do for the go for two postings oh yeah my wife was all on it (laughs) if you notice facebook fans on our go for two site on sunday we had some posts because we, we put up a question about, is anybody going to go for two? Is any coach going to try for the two-point conversion? So we had some posts, you know, first one I put up with 14 minutes and 55 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Eagles did a two-point conversion, successful. And then we had two other posts. Thank you very much, Heather. Heather had the Cardinals with their two-point conversion for success the Colts with their two-point conversion further. And both of those were late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean... We watched every single one of those games <laughs> as they happened, and she pulled out her phone. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so that's that's something we're going to do every week now. We're going to put that up there on Facebook. Say, basically put the question out there. Is anybody going to go for, go for two? Who do you think is going to go for two? Yep. You witness a two-point conversion attempt by an NFL team and you're the first person to put that up on our post we are going to send you something yeah and we're going to put a picture of it up on our Facebook a little bit later yes we will (laughs) so the first one it goes to is my wife yes she gets the first one so I have her take a picture and post it up matter of fact we might end I'm thinking maybe you know who wants one we're talking go for two We'll send two of them out. Yeah, we'll send two of them for you to share with somebody else. Absolutely. You know? So, exciting stuff, man. We also got some other things planned as well. But this is just kind of the um, the tip of the iceberg for us. Um, so, with that being said, watch out for those NFL games. Even college. Yeah, you can... You can definitely let us know in the college that's a little more let's stay away from like division two and division three and outside of that we want to see like the major teams the ones that we're actually looking at i'm not talking about delaware state (laughs) (laughs) don't care (laughs) now they will have a lot more i think you'll see a lot more attempts in college that's why we're really concentrating for the prizes on the nfl yep um so shout out to our bills fans oh yes How'd you like the bills there, Brett Nelson? <laughs> How'd you guys like that, man? I, I said it last year. I think Josh Allen, he needs some help. But when he gets the help, he's going to be pretty good. 
this was kind of a measuring stick of how how good Sam Darnold can be. I'm not calling Cowherd whatsoever. I think that he hyped this guy up way too much. But with that being said, the Bills won their game. Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell are probably going to be out this week. Yeah. Well, Sam Darnold is out. Yeah, he he's got. Did they already say Le'Veon's out too? Um, didn't seem like Le'Veon was going to play as of Friday, um, but yeah, Sam Darnold got a case of mono. He's going to be out for a few weeks. Yeah, but yeah, the Bills came overcame a 16 point deficit to win that game. So, I mean, kudos to them. Uh, it's great to see. Yeah, you know, I think Don and in, in, in his rankings, he had the Bills being in second place this year, of course, with the Patriots being in first. Yeah, and I had the Patriots being in first with the Jets being in second. <laughs> so. It's kind of going to skew a little things there, but yeah, just if anybody had to compete with the Patriots, now that we look at her with the, all the pieces put together, it probably was going to be the Jets because they didn't look bad. It was a close game. Yeah. But now it's like you're four weeks or four to five weeks out. You're just going to let Tom Brady going to rack up the wins and he's not going to lose less than 10 games a year. <laughs> so, you know, you already lost one. You're probably going to lose the next four. You know, depending on what their schedule is going to look like. Um, but, yeah, shout out to the to our Bills fans, Brett and, and Nelson out there. You guys got a, a, a good win. And we hope that you guys can compete with the Patriots. I mean. It would be nice yeah. to have some competition for them. Uh, yeah. In division. But, like I said, I like Josh Allen. Uh, I, I hope he continues with his success. You guys, I, I understand, are probably in, like, a rebuilding phase after letting LaShawn McCoy go, too, as well. Um so that was a pretty nice game to look out. Yep. Um, now going over to the other side of the country <laughs> with the Seahawks and the Bengals playing, that was a very surprisingly close game right yes, up to was. the wire. Um, Andy Dalton had had a game, didn't he? I told, didn't I tell you guys? <laughs> watch out for these Bengals this yes, year. I think they're going to be knocking on the door. That was a very good game for for Cincinnati. I wouldn't. Other than the loss, I wouldn't take any way, anything away from that team. Exactly. Because they're going to be knocking at the door to, in, in their division. I, I, I like what their coach was doing. Andy Darnold looked like he was back playing at TCU back in college. <laughs> he looked good with the weapons that you know he had. Um, what's his name? Josh. Uh, oh, he has John Ross. John Ross. Yep. yep. And Tyler Boyd. Yep. They they both had pretty good game, pretty good days. Uh, um, and then now all he's waiting is for AJ Green to get back. Yeah. And then Absolutely. I think they're gonna be they're gonna be a team to look out for, Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Um and you know what you're gonna get with the Seahawks. Seahawks look good as long as Russell Wilson's back there. So <laughs> give that, that give that man I know his you credit. Like him. <laughs> uh, I was uh, I mean, I was a big Russell Wilson fan when he was in college after he beat us. Uh went I went to the NC State game, I think back in two thousand ten. When he was still at NC State before he transferred out to Wisconsin the, the the next year, but I didn't know who he was until he played us, and we ended up being up, and then he came back on us, and I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> Ever since then, I was a Russell Wilson fan. There you go. Um, I'm gonna let Don talk about the Will Lutz field goal, man. Oh man, how crazy that is, that was a good game between the Saints and the Texans, but Will Lutz, man. Ice in his veins. Yeah. 58-yard field goal was time expires to beat Houston. Didn't he miss a field goal that was one yard less than that before? Yeah. I think it was something it was, like that. It was very close to that. And then he came back and 
I think it was his career high. It was yeah, 58. That that was great. Yeah. So That was a very good game. Saints look good, man. Saints look really good. And the Texans do not look bad. Not at all. I like to see close games because it tells me that both teams are doing what they can to edge out a win. And when it comes down to just a field goal, you can't take anything away from the Texans. They're they're probably going to win a division, like I said, with with all the troubles that the Colts had. But the Colts did look good. Can't take anything away from them either. Um, and then we would just want to go over some some stats leaders. Those are kind of the games that we we focused on and um, were impressed. Don's Eagles were actually came back and won. Yeah. I enjoyed watching that yeah. game. That was pretty fun to see Deshaun Jackson back Absolutely. and having a great game. So, like I said, it's more so the fans with me than the actual team. <laughs> the Eagles look good, too. So, it's not taking anything away from them. Um, like I said, I'll let Don go through the stats here. Uh, some interesting things that uh, that came out of week one. Yeah, we got uh, some individual stat leaders here on the offense. Just so uh, you know who's doing what, we'll try to update this each week for you. But at quarterback, most passing yards goes to Andy Dalton with 410 yards. Whoa, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At running back, Marlon Mack, 174 yards. Yeah. How about that? Like I said. Was he on your fantasy team? Marlon Mack was not on my fantasy team. Not on mine either. (laughs) I was thinking about drafting him because I've had him the last couple years, like in and out. Good to see he's doing well. And then passing yards, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins was a surprise. 198 but yards. Boy's looking like back. He's back in Clemson. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen that out of Watkins for a while. He, he's always he's had always the had the sparks. Yes. Yeah, and he's fast and he yeah. has good hands. It's just, I think, um, you know, if Tyreek Hill doesn't come back healthy, that's going to be the main target for. Oh, he will um, be the main target. For Patrick Mahomes, but I think Don had somebody on his fantasy oh, team that he was yeah. look, looking for, too. I took a little reach on there because I expected the possibility of him developing this year, that Miko Hardman, mm-hmm. 4.33 speed. They got him in the return game right now. John but now Ross, he's going to be the number two receiver now for the Chiefs. Yeah. And you put that 4-3-3 speed, Mahomes can launch the ball to him. Oh my goodness. Can you I can just see a no-look Hail Mary coming from <laughs> Patrick Mahomes sometime soon. Um and I think that was that was pretty much it, right? Yeah, all well, for the well, individual. And then we had some team stats, offense and defense. I think you're going to like some of these. Total yards, Baltimore Ravens put up 640 Three yards. That's not a surprise. And that was on who? The Dolphins. The Dolphins. Uh, that's <laughs> got to be a tough week one, man. Yeah, it's real tough. <laughs> Passing yards goes to, unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys. 405 yards, but... Dak wants that contract. They, they did play the Giants, folks, so... That's not one of your stellar top 10 teams. So I strictly think it was coaching in that game, though, because for Saquon to have, what, 11 carries, 11 or 12 carries or whatever he had, that first drive, he looked unstoppable. And I was like, man, we got a game on our shoulders. Me and my wife watched that whole game, and it was like, where's Saquon? Evan Ingram looked good. Mm-hmm. Sterling Shepard yeah. still has injury problems, yep. but he's definitely the number one receiver for them. And get Eli out of there. I know that Daniel Jones has a problem holding on to the football, but that can that can be worked on. But the passes that he came out there and was slinging them, yeah, look good. Yeah, I think it's just a matter 
of a few more weeks, and I think you're going to see him in there. I, I predicted this. Yes, you did, man. <laughs> you called that name before just about anybody across the nation did as far as being picked in the first round. It's crazy, man. I saw him at Duke do the same thing. Yeah. Some people just have it. Uh, team that led rushing yards week one was the Baltimore Ravens. Too. Everybody got a piece of that. They bring, yeah. they, brought, they brought people out of the crowd and put them in shoulder <laughs> pads, and they was part of that. 265 yards. Yeah, if my knees weren't that bad, I could have gained yards against the Dolphins. <laughs> <at that. laughs> um, on the defensive side, because we do got to give kudos to the defense, um, Baltimore had the fewest yards allowed of 200 yards. So they put up the most yards on offense and allowed the fewest on defense. You think uh, Earl Thomas was giving a middle finger back to Seattle after that thrashing? <laughs> yeah, Sacks. Uh, the Saints had six sacks in that game against Houston. Your boy Cameron Jordan, man. There you go. Causing havoc. And then turnovers, there were uh, four teams, Titans, Jets, Vikings, and Ravens with three turnovers. Yeah, not bad. And I think all of those teams, we were talking about that their defense was going to be, you know, pretty good. So some of our NFL key games for the week, me and Don were talking about this last night. Seahawks and the Steelers. Hold on, pump your brakes. Uh-huh. I know that the Steelers got a thrasher from Tom Brady, but that is a rare case for right now. Absolutely. This is going to be a measuring stick game. These are some of the games that we always point to. And some sometimes you don't know unless that first week comes by or a couple weeks comes by. But I really think this game is going to determine where the Steelers are this season. Because if they aren't able to make adjustments against the Seahawks and Pete Carroll is not going to let off the gas. Right. His, his teams are always good. I know there's not a lot of Pete Carroll fans out there, but can Mike Tomlin make the adjustments to at least be close to beating the Seahawks? And I think they play the Seahawks at home too, right? I believe they are. I, I think they're in CenturyLink uh, field this this time. So playing two road games, um, we'll see how Ben Roethlisberger, is is he really washed up now? Is, he, is it his time to go? Um, and... For him not to jo- throw to Juju that whole time was was kind of crazy. My wife had him on his fantasy team or on her fantasy team, and she was like, "Why is he not throwing to Juju?" Then throw it to Vance McDonald. He's a pretty surefire tight end. But uh, this could be if the can the Steelers go zero and two, or will we I have know, two teams go one and one? I can't imagine Steelers with an zero and two start. That just that doesn't seem like it's possible. Tough you know, anymore. Really. Tough outing. It really, tough outing. Really. Um, the next game we got kind of a NFC championship matchup. Oh, the rematch. The rematch with the pass interference yes. ruling now where <laughs> they can challenge them. Yes. Saints and the Rams, guys. Oh, that's got to be a good one. Rams came off a, a close game. Saints came off a close game. But oh. I really do think that the Saints are better than the Rams. Yeah, it was a, it was, both games were very solid for both teams, but – I agree with you. I think the Saints are the better team right now. I think it's another close game. I think we're going to edge out. I, I I say, I say twenty four seventeen on the Saints' favor. I guess the Rams have to figure out what they're doing in the rushing game. Yeah, I mean they are taking Todd Gurley, and he is kind of like they do in Major League Baseball with a pitch count on a pitcher. He's only used so much because they're worried about his health problems with his knees and everything. So absolutely, he is not in there full-time anymore. So until they figure out how they're going to do that between Malcolm Brown and Todd Gurley, 
it's it's going to be interesting yeah it's going to be very interesting to see where really Todd Gurley's future is gonna gonna lie after the season's over um such a talent yeah I remember watching him in, in high school too because I was down in North Carolina at the time and he was just all over the field as well so We'll see, guys. Those are the two games to watch out for in the NFL for sure this week. And just keep that in mind. Um, We're watching for, you know, sometimes completely different reasons. Now, the question is, after they said 10 players wanted to leave this team, (laughs) how good can the Dolphins be after the adjustment this week if they win? Or how bad are they going to be for the rest of the season? Yeah. Now, I had the Broncos being the worst team in NFL. Wow. But the Dolphins, I think I had them second. Yeah, we both had them 3-13 and 13 on our uh, preseason picks. We so, did. Uh, boy, we might be wrong. They could go 0-16 at this pace. They could. I mean, 10 players wanting to leave. They said that the coaches don't have any drive to, to win. Which, you know, Adam uh, – not Adam Gase um, – who their coach's name is but you know he came out and denied those allegations as well it's it's hard to say if they're going to be good at all Uh, they're going to be pretty bad the rest of the year um especially with their schedule i don't i don't really see them winning any games if they played the way that they did against the uh the ravens brian brian flores is his name yeah um so a new coach for them so really not looking good (laughs) It's always been bad to be a Dolphins fan, especially after Dan Marino left. Yeah, you guys kind of had it with with uh, Jay Cutler there for a little bit. <laughs> that didn't really work out in your favor too well. So, um, like I said, me and Don had them going three and thirteen. So they might be going zero and sixteen. We might have to change that. <laughs> Watching the Cardinals game. Oh yeah. How good can Kyler be? Kyler Murray. He uh, threw for 308 yards. He had two touchdowns. He did have a pick. 75.2 passer rating. He was around like 53% on I mean, his, but that's, his that's his first game in the pros. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. So, he looked really bad. Like, <laughs> before halftime, he looked bad, guys. If you watch that game, he did not look good. Second half of that game, especially when it came down to winning the game, I don't know if him and Klingsbury got together and did they have a Tom Brady, Bill Belichick moment? I know that's kind of a far reach, but <laughs> <laughs> they, he looked good, man, against the struggling Lions and another good game from Matthew Stafford. Put yeah. this man on a – put him on the Steelers. I'm telling you what. The Steelers need to – all right, I'm calling it now. (laughs) Steelers are going to trade to get Matthew Stafford after Ben Roethlisberger retires after this Uh, year. (laughs) Stafford has always been a good fantasy quarterback, but – He has Hall of Fame numbers too, man. He's got some targets this year, man. And uh, Amendola going across the slot. Yeah. I mean, he was was hitting – Hawkinson. Oh, man, when he came out of college, when we talked about the draft, he was like one of the – the most sought-after tight ends. He's got size. I was going to draft him on my fantasy uh, me too. team. And then I thought, man, you know, his first year, I bet they're going to make him a blocking tight end, so I'm not going to take him. Doesn't he turn out to be a pass catcher after all? Yeah. A good route runner, good yes. pass catcher. He has he has all the intangibles. Size. Size, man. yep. Um, I think one um, – oh, who was it? 
This girl that I think Heather used to coach with, Stacy Ricci. I think that's her name. Her husband used to play with the Patriots. Okay. He was an offensive lineman. And his two sons are like playing at Heather's old high school right now. One of his sons is in Wisconsin. He's a tight end. He's not on the depth chart as starting or anything, but uh Yeah. I, I just remember him being like an offensive lineman. It's Todd Ricci, yep. That's his yep. name. Yep. So we know Stacy. Um and apparently him in the uh what's his name? Was quarterback before Tom Brady. He was one of my favorites. Drew Bledsoe. Oh yeah. Him and the them and the Bledsoes are like really good friends. Oh yeah. Heather says like they post like they go on vacations all the time and everything. I'm like, give me a Drew. I like Drew Bledsoe when he was playing. Get me a um an dude, autograph, man. Dude, when my kids were younger, I got them into collecting football cards because I did baseball cards when I was younger. So they wanted me to collect too. So I'm like, okay, well let's let's concentrate on a particular player or a particular team. So they each had theirs, and then I had to pick somebody. So I'm like, okay, Drew Bledsoe. So I picked him early on in his career. You wouldn't believe how many Drew Bledsoe cards I still have at home, man. Drew Bledsoe was <laughs> awesome, though. So one of the guys that got hurt in his career just kind of tanked. But um, same, same with, uh, I'm going to throw this name out there. Steve Berline was pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then his career kind of, he played yeah. a long time as well. Um. And uh, I have two more things for the NFL, and then we'll go ahead and lead over to the NCAA. Just because there was a lot going on, but will Bruce Arians, will he get this team turned around? Because on Thursday night, the Buccaneers looked like they had a little bit of the juice, man. Yes, they did. But then again, they are playing the Panthers, which Ron Rivera, eh, always up and down. Cam Newton, you know what you're going to get with him. But, I mean, Bruce Arians is a is a quarterback whisperer sometimes, too. He can make some crappy quarterbacks look, you know, revive some careers. And I think that's pretty much what they want him to do is sell the ship down there. Uh, no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> With the books. That's pretty good. But um, I like Bruce Arians. Um, I, uh, how, how good do you think they will be, Don? Because... It's hard to tell with them, man. Yeah, I think it's going to be an up-and-down year with them, to be honest with you. The, uh, the first week, they didn't have much of a rushing attack going on, but yet uh, week two, they're rushing the ball. Yeah. Uh, Winston, it just depends, man. If he can get this guy in the right mindset and and the right attitude, yeah, it's possible. But I, I, I wouldn't put a lot on them. I think they're going to be okay at times real good at other times and then <laughs> dolphin like at times you know yeah really <laughs> i mean Jameis was 16 for 25 208 yards didn't throw a pick which is unusual um he threw one touchdown chris godwin is helping him out another speedy wide receiver yeah so him yeah. with him and mike evans I think Godwin put up good numbers this past week. Yeah, Peyton Barber too is the running. They got a good little running back. They didn't use like. him much week one. And, uh, yeah, he had twenty three for eighty two yards. Yeah, one touchdown. Yeah, he had he had a good good week this week. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, they're one and one. Panthers are zero and two. Ooh. But at least they got a win. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't help it. You know, I sent you that picture of Cam Newton at the oh, press, yeah. press conference after the game, looking like a church lady grandma. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought he was gonna go out to the fields and like pick up some pick up some strawberries and put them in the basket or something. <laughs> that was quite an outfit. So um, I know Don's gonna hate this next one, but the last thing to kind of close out the the NFL segment for this week. How about them Cowboys? They look good. They look good. They put up some some yards. Um, you know, I I realize they put up uh, 405 passing yards, but the Giants, of course the worst ranked passing defense after week one so yeah like know. i said before coaching is was a big a big deal in that game but Dak played lights out nonetheless yep. he wants they, that contract he had a solid game so i think if he gets through this week and has another solid game randall cobb looked good um you know everybody on you know jason Witten had a couple catches the standing ovation for him oh a little funny story about that when when my wife saw <laughs> I don't mean to laugh <laughs> when she saw this. I, I just had to laugh to myself. So, you know, she knows about football, but things like the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award right. and things like that. She saw Jason Witten's jersey and she's like, is everybody wearing that little superhero character as a patch on their jersey? <laughs> I said, that's Walter Payton with his jacket yeah. on. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, so that. I just had to giggle at that. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty hey. funny. It's a good question. It really was. Yeah, but I, I told her I was like, only certain players have it. That's why you see Eli have it and Jason yeah. with. Well, sure, she's paying attention. Yeah. yeah, she's paying attention. Now Absolutely. she knows what that is. So, um, over to NCAA. Oh. We got the games going on right now. Um, it was a close game with um, Maryland. Um, after they've been blowing people out, and we'll get to to them a little later. But how good is Clemson's running back? This is what I wanted to talk about. Last week, actually the first week that they played Georgia Tech, he looked lights out. I mean, the the guy was almost averaging like 10 yards a rush. He had like 205 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, he was on fire week one. Oh, breaking news. Oh, my God. Before we get into Clemson's quarterback, the streak has been broken. Yeah, Maryland might drop out of the top 25. They lost to Temple 20 to 17. So that – train has stopped officially because <laughs> they were looking pretty good yeah. so um back to the the running back oh yeah uh, i don't know how you pronounce his last name but travis Etienne, i believe yeah. is how you pronounce it he's got some interesting stats so when i looked at the game with georgia tech i told my wife after that second touchdown after his 90 yarder where he walked in and it was like a goal line touchdown he pretty much walked in i'm like this is ezekiel Elliott 2.0 this offensive line is amazing I said they're going to get ex- he's going to get exposed if they play a good defense. Jimbo Fisher came in uh-huh. with that defensive line and those linebackers he's got. I'm going to let Don go ahead and just drop the stats from the two games on him. No, it just what what amazed me is where he ended up. He ended up at number seven in the Heisman watch. That's yeah. what I was excited about. So how did he get there? If it's his, I mean, he is really giving. The impression that he is a quality rusher he's not a bad rusher he's a good player but i i think you're right it's the offensive line yeah so this is how passionate i am about this running back i'm gonna give the stats yeah, go ahead. i'm gonna be the stats guru for a second so georgia tech 12 attempts 205 yards and three touchdowns this dude was averaging 17.1 17, yards yep. a carry yep. his longest run was 90 yards he gets to um texas a&m who are ranked number 12, by the way, led by Jimbo Fisher. 
16 rushes for 53 yards. It's 3.3 yards a carry. Yep. His 10. Now, th this this is the stat that speaks out to me. Zero touchdowns. His longest run for the day was 10 yards. Tell me that it's not his offensive line that was helping him out. Uh, yeah. He does not deserve to be number seven on the Heisman list. No, I don't. He think so. had a spark of life against Georgia Tech, then played an actual SEC team that had a good defense and didn't do that well. That's right. By college football standards. Right. These are NFL numbers that might look good, but for college, to be a powerhouse team. And then that game was, um, it was 24-10? Yeah, I believe 24-10. 24-10. So not a high-scoring game um, against Texas A&M. They tried to hold their own, but, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a little bit too much for, for everybody, anybody to handle. He didn't look that good against Georgia Tech, but he came back and, and bounced back with the talent so yep. we talked about maryland a little bit yeah <laughs> man i tell you I, I was out last weekend and uh i was actually watching the ufc fight it was at buffalo wild wings and the maryland game was on and i am watching them just take it to syracuse and i'm like holy cow look syracuse at this was ranked before team. that and yeah syracuse was ranked i'm like you gotta be kidding me and uh, we were talking about Syracuse and how good they could have been, but maybe this is going to fuel the fire for them. So I'd be scared because uh, Dino Babers, their coach, he gets fired up, man. So who is Syracuse playing today? Do we know? Do we have an idea? I think it's a uh, um, – oh, they play Clemson. Clemson. Yes. Yeah, I knew they was playing somebody big. They play Clemson yeah. today. And Clemson beat them that one year. Just remember that. They came with the upset. So. Uh... Dino Babers is that's, uh yeah that's a seven thirty game tonight. Yep, uh, well Florida State plays at that time against Virginia. <laughs> I'm expecting to lose. Um, <laughs> talking about Florida State, Willie Taggart needs to be fired. Oh no, <laughs> I can't take it anymore, man. <laughs> this all this blaming on Jimbo. So, I don't, as a lot of people know, I was a Jimbo Fisher fan. Yes, I was were. not against the guy. I said, build the damn facilities and make the guy happy. Yep. So the last year that he was there, I know he didn't really give a crap about athletics and or academics and all that. The dudes were just doing what they wanted to. At that point in time, he was already checked out. I think he was pissed off and he just wanted to leave. I think kind of Florida State, what they did is they, they dug themselves their own hole because that guy still would have been with us and we would have not have not gone to a, a bowl game. It's kind of a disgrace. So, for this season, people to keep blaming it on that he was rebuilding from Jimbo Fisher. This guy's got four and five-star recruits all over the field. You got Cam Akers, who hasn't really shown his talent. Um, James Blackman plays well, but you get to halftime leading by 18 and 20 points and then just crumble. Yep. Why did we win a game 35 to 34 against Louisiana Monroe? I would never understand oh. why. <laughs> we literally won... Because they missed a field goal. Because that last drive, they were coming after our throats. I was like, we lose. And when he missed that field goal, I was just shocked that they missed it. Yeah. Because I expected them to win. This is not a good coach team. They they brought in um, one of the defensive coordinators that Willie Taggart worked with. He's actually um, not Jeremy Pruitt. That was our, our previous um, defensive coordinator. Um, I, I can't remember his name right now, but they hired him just to be kind of like the QC guy uh, for Florida State. And uh, 
I don't know if that's going to be enough, yeah, they, man. They've had a, a rough start to the season. Uh, was that Boise State in week one? We shouldn't have lost against and Boise State. Jim Levitt. Yeah. Jim Levitt is a, is a mastermind. So he came in as a quality control analyst mm. for Florida State. So is he going to have his hand in the defense? I don't know. Just keep this in mind. Not every analyst knows what they're doing. <laughs> but this guy has a good track record. <laughs> he has a good track record. So I don't know. I, I think at this at this point in time, uh, Willie Taggart's chomping at the bits to try to turn the ship around down there in Florida State. But I say get him out of there. Let's get a coach. Let's get Urban Meyer. <laughs> Time to come back. Let's pay him the money and get Urban Meyer to come. So... That's my little rant about Florida State. Uh, talking about good coaches, though, Lincoln Riley. Is he the quarterback <laughs> whisperer, man? Yeah, I think he might be. I think Jalen Hurts is leading the Heisman. Number one in the Heisman right now. Yeah. I mean, he's had uh, his, his big, big stat that I, I really liked was 259 passing yards and three touchdowns in two quarters. In two quarters, man. Yeah. He's good, man. I've always liked Jalen Hurts. I, I I think right now Nick Saban's looking at what what could have been with Jalen Hurts. Man won you a national championship. Yep. Got replaced by two in the one championship that everybody was they were struggling in. Tua came in and won it. Um but Jalen Hurts, man, I, I've always liked him. I don't, I don't know why this was this connotation that that he wasn't going to get drafted. This year is the year that he could be the number one quarterback coming out of the draft. Sam Ellinger's on that list, though. He's, he's number nine. He's yeah. awesome. Um, Jake Fromm, I don't even think he got mentioned on the Heisman he's this year. He's not in the top eleven right now. He's no. solid though. He is solid. He's a solid quarterback. Another quarterback from Ohio State. I knew I wasn't high on Ohio State this year, but Justin Fields is a beast. <laughs> Let me just yeah. put that out there. He's yeah. crazy. He's number five on the Heisman watch right now. A game that uh, highlighted for stats was 224 yards, two touchdowns, passing, and one rushing. I believe if Jimbo was still at Florida State, we would have snatched him away from going to Ohio State. Yeah, it's very possible. And we just let him just – Go through the cracks, and now he's at Ohio State doing a great job. So one game that we we looked out for that we told you guys is going to be a measuring stick for two teams, and we'll get into their quarterback because he's part of the Heisman race as well. LSU and Texas was going to be a major, major measuring stick for both teams. I said this on episode three. Yeah, somewhere around there. That LSU was going to win the SEC, and Texas was going to win the Big 12. But to kind of verify that, two games that Texas needs to play was this one. Close game. Right. Very close game. And then also they're going to play Oklahoma, which Oklahoma looks decent. Whoever wins that game is winning the Big 12 for sure. But LSU is winning the SEC this year. And part of the reason is this man that's number three on the Heisman. Yeah, number three right now on the Heisman. Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Week one. Five touchdowns before the half. Week two, four touchdowns. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't expecting <laughs> him to be part of the Heisman race. I knew he was no. good. But I think that whole team is good. But, man, he's playing lights out. I read, Alabama I read, better be scared. Yeah, I read a lot about him in the preseason. 
he was projected to do very well, but this is really off the hook. What a start. Yeah, what a start <laughs> for the, the Tigers, man. I'm telling you, what week are they playing Alabama? Are they playing Alabama this year? LSU versus Alabama, 2019. Hmm. I don't think they're playing. I don't think they are. I don't think they might see somebody somewhere, but I don't. Yes, they are playing them this year, November 9th. Oh, yeah. So right now they're ranked number two and number four, Alabama being number two. November 9th, man. And that's after coming off playing Auburn. So they're going to play Alabama's rival uh-huh. and then come into Alabama's house and take them out too. Ooh. And then they finish up, LSU finishes up with Texas A&M. How good could they be by then? Yeah. So. Well, any Jimbo Fisher-led team is, <laughs> is always one to watch out for. Go. I'm never going to bend against that man ever. So with that being said, guys, it's been a hell of a first two well, three weeks, depending on how you look at it. Week three of the NCAA right now. <laughs> Hope you guys are gonna watch these games to, you know, pay a little bit more attention to what's going on. What we're looking for is in week six or seven when the Red River rivalry happens with Oklahoma and Texas, to see how good Jalen Hurts and and Sam Ellinger really are. I think that's gonna be probably the best game this year. Yeah, I don't think Alabama versus LSU is gonna be a, a, a great game. I think LSU is gonna gonna come in and, and beat them pretty handedly, at least by 15 points. That's my prediction. Okay. I think they're gonna walk away, um, and they're gonna be playing in Tuscaloosa too. So, <laughs> so they're coming to Bear Bryant Stadium. Uh, we did put up on Facebook for our games of the week uh, for the college games today. We did have that matchup with uh, Arizona State and Michigan State. Mm-hmm. That could be an interesting. Uh, interesting game like i said before i think arizona state is going to be they're not going to win the pac 12 but they'll be number two yeah they're looking pretty good as as a start michigan state's defense looks really good they're always good man they look really good this year and then we put up uh, a kentucky florida game and we got the uh, googly eyes on that one is there a possible upset there kentucky upset uh people last year yeah can they continue it uh, I'm not a Gators fan. I know you. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs> yeah. So speaking about um, just going back to Michigan State's defense, yes. Mark D'Antonio. He's he is a mastermind when it comes to defense. Can we get Mark D'Antonio to Florida State as a defensive coordinator? <laughs> I'm rallying for Mark D'Antonio to come to Florida State and just be our defensive coordinator. But with that being said, guys. Games of the week to look out for Arizona State, Michigan State, Kentucky at Florida, and Seahawks, Steelers, Saints, Rams. We hope you guys enjoyed episode number seven of this podcast or this week's podcast. In two more weeks, expect us for week four of the NFL and week five of the NCAA. And then two weeks after that. Yeah, keep an eye out on the Facebook for our prizes that we're going to give away for the go for two stats during the game you see a go for two post on our uh facebook the details of the go for two and the pros and uh we will get you these prizes yeah um and before we go just to make sure that everybody's listening out there i think what i'm gonna do is end this segment with a question okay 
So, and that's all I was going to refer to one of the segments that we had previous in the show. I'm going to leave you with a strange one here. How good can Clemson's running back be for the rest of the year? And I'll leave you with that one. <laughs> Is he worth being number seven in the Heisman? Post your comments on Facebook <laughs> and let me know your predictions. I, w- I would like to see somebody predict his stats for the end of the year. There you see go. how close we can be. Maybe me and Don might chipe in, uh, chipe in. <laughs> Ch- chirp in with our, with our stats as well. Andre, for... if you're listening, get that on there, man. Yep, get that on there. Um, and we'll leave you out with that one. This has been the Go For Two podcast. We'll see you next time. Always go for two. Always go for two. Never give me, guys. That's see it. you later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Go For Two podcast. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Go For Two podcast. Also, if you liked what you heard and don't want to miss an episode, please follow us on iTunes.